Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode eight and on our journey so far, we've looked at redundancy, financial planning for those of us with young or growing families, mortgages in 10 steps to buying a new home, income protection insurance, options at retirement, pensions versus ISAs and taking out life insurance on an X, which is still my favorite podcast title. I'm still seeing Columbo and his dirty raincoat saying, uh, just one more thing, sir. Uh, if you missed any of those, don't panic. You can listen and catch up whenever it suits you. And you really should because there's loads of good advice. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And please remember to rate and review us and subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode again. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. On this episode, seven things you didn't know a financial advisor could do for you. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How's we, things? Very good. We've we probably all got a, a similar image in our minds of what a financial advisor actually looks like and how he or she behaves. You know, sort of pinstripe suits, bowler hats, umbrellas, briefcases, all very Bradford and Bingley, if you can think that far back. But effectively, an old-fashioned image in our heads. And the thing is, along with everything else, times have changed. So this one is seven things you didn't know a financial advisor could do for you. The first here uh, is personal advice. And this, I assume, is all about providing a, a bespoke service, isn't it? Not one size fits all. Yeah, that's it. I, I thought good good podcast to do today was just go through like seven things that, that people maybe wouldn't know a financial advisor can do. And it takes, like, you're going about financial advisors. So they, when my son was in primary school, they, there was two other kids had dads that were financial advisors. So three of the parents in class were, were financial <laughs> advisors. And I, I think back to when I was a, a kid, it's like, it was a financial advisor. Nobody had yeah. financial advisors back then. So things have, things have changed yeah. quite a bit. But yeah, the, the good thing with, with a financial advisor is that they will give you personal advice. And, and the good thing is they, they'll find a solution for you rather than like um, just off-the-shelf products where it's a one-size-fits-all approach. So financial advisors would ask people about questions about um, themselves, their job, family, lifestyle. They're, they're looking really to get a full picture of what someone's needs are. So then they'll tailor the advice and, and just make it more personable to, to that individual. So um, whether somebody's a, a first-time buyer, business owner, somebody starting a family, they're paying for retirement. That's an awful lot that financial advisors can can help people with. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose it's a bit like um, sort of consulting with your doctor. There's there's that oath of secrecy almost, isn't there? They they don't share yeah. information with anyone. Ah, uh, definitely. I mean, like with, with all the the sort of confidentiality and things these days, and and the the only time that they would share information is like, for example, if somebody's applying for a mortgage, mm. they would submit the mortgage details to that company. But yeah, it's all. That's one thing you'll find. Everything's all totally confidential as well. Uh, the next advantage is a knowledge of the market. So I guess sort of staying up to date for your customer so they almost don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got, for example, independent financial advisors aren't tied to any particular bank or provider. Um, and the benefit there is that they can then research the whole market to find the best products that strike for the individual. And because of this, they've, they've also got access to products that may be more suitable to people than, for example, if you were to go online and try and do things yourself. But also, you do get some financial advisors that are, are restricted. So that maybe means, um, to, to give you an example, maybe somebody working in a bank maybe can only do the bank's products or maybe products of just 
one insurance company. And, and that's not to say that's a, a bad thing because what, what you'll then tend to find is they may have a better knowledge of that particular brand. But um, the, the good thing with an independent financial advisor is they, they can look at everything and, and they'll have a, a good broad knowledge of all the different areas of financial planning. The next item in our list of, of seven things is extra benefits. What's that about? Yeah, it's, um, the, the extra benefits is, is one that I kind of put in here because you, you, just to, to give you an example, life, life insurance is something that you can go online and try and do yourself. Um, so you can go, go on there, on the comparison websites, and it'll give you just basically a list, right? Who's the cheapest downwards to, to who's the most expensive? But what, what a financial advisor will do is they, they'll look at any extra benefits. So, for example, on protection plans, it's not just about what the cash payout would be. Some of them also include extra benefits. So that could be things like support from a qualified nurse, bereavement counselling that right, you can okay. access without making a claim. Plans like these, these are more commonly only available through financial advisors. So I, I would say it is, it's really useful to speak to one regarding that because um, they, they do have access. They, they'll look not just at the cost of something, but all the additional benefits as well. And another example just now is with, with pensions. They, there's one pension provider, and, and what they do is they actually reduce the, the charges if, if someone can show that they live uh, a healthy lifestyle, they, they give them a pedometer. Um, and if you right. do so many steps a day, they, they think, right, they're a healthy client. Um, they, the same company actually does it on their life insurance plans as well. Oh, right. they, okay. they also do it on their pension. So I, I think, I, I cannot remember how many steps a day you have to do. It's something like 12,000. But if, okay. if you can prove that you do that every day, they then reduce the charges on either the pension or they give you cheaper premiums on the, the life insurance policies. Um, but that provider, they, they also do like discounted gym memberships. And so sometimes I think you don't want things to be too complicated, but that, that's where a financial advisor will look at all these extra benefits and, and it's trying to see, is it, again, not just is this who's got the cheapest policy, but really drilling down and saying, right, what is the cover and what's any extra benefits the providers have as well? 12,000 steps a day, strap it to the dog, everyone's a winner. It's funny, it's funny you should say that because I remember once the, oh, the no. guy, <laughs> no, the, the guy that worked for one of the companies that does this, I, it's, it's a guy, this is quite a few years ago, he used to say, put, hang it on your, uh, the, the bit in your car where you, <laughs> your mirror looking back and then seemingly the vibration going back and forth makes it think you're woken. So it's funny you should say stuff into the dog because I've heard of things like that before. Wow. <laughs> I think perk number four is huge. Peace of mind. So often we worry about financial issues, don't we? I mean, the moment that you bring a financial advisor in, it kind of becomes their problem. They're the expert. But what kind of financial issues does that encapsulate for? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, like one, one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast is that I like helping people. So if I can help them with any sort of little tips and hints here and there, that, that's like my main driver for, for doing this. But for, for peace of mind, a financial advisor will look out like what policy somebody already, already has. Even if they're not sure where the paperwork is, they can help yeah. to try and like look at, track down policies, write to the providers and get information on them. But they, they'll, they'll also look at what support somebody's employer gives them 
go through and tell them about any state benefits that they would be entitled to, for example, if they're off sick, what sick pay they would get. Um, they'll, they'll tell you where the gaps are in your finances, um, and they, they'll only recommend what they think would be suitable and, and needed for you. That's, that's the thing. So it does, it gives you a peace of mind that they're covered in all of that. They can also advise on things like trusts, make sure that money gets paid out to who you want it to get paid out to. Financial advisors basically give you the, the peace of mind um, that all your needs have been considered, really. Hmm. Here's a good one. And seven things that you didn't know a financial advisor could do for you. The buck stops with them. I take it, Phil, you, you hire an expert. The onus is on them to get it right. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for where it's like peace of mind is they're liable for the advice. Like if, if you go and do something yourself, you're liable for it. So, uh, I mean, these days there's such a like complaints culture, but we, we've had like the PPI mis-selling, endowment mis-selling, and, and there's been a lot of that sort of thing. Now, if, if somebody set up their own PPI policy, they're going to have a job. Like it, it, when all these payouts were being made for folk that had wrongly sold them, if you do it yourself, you don't have that sort of comeback. But so, so that's where a financial advisor, like the buck stops with them. So um, some of the things that's important is your finances. You don't want to worry that you've got it wrong. Um, a financial advisor, on the other hand, is a specialist in this area. Um, they'll keep you up to date with the latest products, changes in the market. They'll also take responsibility for making the best choices on your behalf. So it just gives you a wee bit of extra peace of mind. The only caveat I would say is that, yeah, they're liable for the advice. But, for example, if somebody's invested money and it's going up and down, some folk would say, oh, well, blaming you, you got it wrong. But Mm. what they'll do is they'll tailor it to say, right, what risks is somebody willing to take? So, So the fact that maybe an investment can go up or down doesn't mean to say somebody's had bad advice but it does give you the peace of mind that they've recommended what what they have and so yeah that that, the buck does stop with them that's that's the thing i would say there Um, the next one is definitely one i'd need once you get your policies and plans sorted out and in place you've got the peace of mind as we mentioned you put your paperwork for it in a safe place the next issue comes if you ever have to fish it out of that drawer to action something like uh, an insurance claim and this is where your financial advisor can actually come in with practical help phil yeah, that's it. There's so many, when it, when it comes to practical help, there's so much that a financial advisor can do. I mean, they, they'll have copies of all the, the paperwork. We, we've actually got a really good document here. And if, if anybody wanted it, I'd be happy to email them. But it's basically called What I Own and Where It's Kept. And it's just a document that we put together so that if someone wants to put everything on it, it, they can list, like, for example, their bank account details, where their roles kept, any investments they've got, pensions, life insurance policies. It covers everything. And, and I, I think it's a great document because for a lot of people, they didn't know where things are kept. And if something happened to them, like, it, it'd be a good document to say to your family, look, I've got this document here. It's kept here. If anything ever happens to me, go to that and you'll see everything that we've got. And it, it's a great document so yeah i mean financial advisors can give you some practical help and if you ever need to make a claim on like protection plans they would be able to help you do that if someone dies they would help you with, with all the paperwork for for that if you're making insurance claims on on various policies they can keep you out 
right with that, the paperwork that needs filled in and completed. And I'd say it's an advisor's job to support you throughout your partnership with him. Um, that includes the aspects that can often be more difficult for you, like during an emotionally challenging time as well. Mm. If you uh, were sort of, as I was, um, taken with the idea of what I have and where it is, um, then I'll give you an email address that you can uh, get one of those from Phil uh, at the end of this podcast. So stay with us. Uh, finally on this list is proactive support. And again, this is invaluable, I think. So for instance, if you're moving home, your main concerns are things like, where are the dog bowls? They're supposed to be in box six. The dog's starving. And, and not on things like your policies, which might need to be changed because of the move. And that's where your financial advisor can really save you bacon again, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. I mean, they... That, that's it. They're going to give you proactive support. So they, they'll look at things like, is the policies that you've got still right for you? Um, are you still paying enough into your pension? Is your pension still invested in the right places? Is your investment where, where it should be? So for example, you, you might be looking to move house and then just need to like adjust any life insurance that you've got. You may change jobs. So you might think, right, I want to review what I'm paying into my pension. Another thing with changing jobs as well is that your your benefits from your employer may change in regards to things like sick pay. So rather than leaving you to, to manage things yourself, the advisor can make the relevant changes so your plans and policies are always valid and, and up to date. And I would say as well, like when, when somebody has a, a change in circumstances, that's often like a yeah, trigger for financial advice. But I always feel it's a good time to sit down with with your financial advisor, whether it be that you're maybe moving home, somebody's maybe died, the birth of a child. There's so many, all, all these big events is often like, a, to me, it's almost a trigger to say, right, now's a good time to just sit down with somebody, review everything. And what you will find is the majority of financial advisors will tend to do a free initial review if they're meeting somebody for the first time to say, right, how can we help you and and go through, give you some some ideas there. But it is, it, it's always a good I think financial advisors, once you are dealing with one and got a good relationship with them, they will, they'll, they'll give you good proactive support going forward as well. And you mentioned all those sort of life-changing moments. The, the, probably the very last thing that is in your mind when you're going through these life-changing moments is what's it doing to my, to my financial affairs? Um, it's something that you can sort of down the line. So it is, it's, it's a life support thing there, isn't it really? Yeah. Now, uh, each week so far, um, we, we've covered various topics. Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. I wonder if, Phil, you've got anything on us uh, where you've helped save the day, maybe thanks to an element from this week's topic, seven things you didn't know a financial advisor can do for you. I, I was having a think, and the very first time I ever dealt with a financial advisor... I was working in the building society at the time. My wages, £9,500 a year. And um, I, I was working as a customer advisor for the, the Skipton Building Society. And in Aberdeen, you got an extra 500 quid compared to what the, the, like an Aberdeen allowance. because of <laughs> right, okay. yeah, yeah. So the, the financial advisors in the rest of the country were getting nine grand a year. I was getting paid nine and a half. And I didn't have a, it wasn't a big wage. I bought my first flat, which at the time cost 39000 a one-bedroom flat in Cove. Um, just on the outskirts of Aberdeen. They, myself and my, my partner at the time, we, we didn't have much money. And that, that was the first time I'd ever like dealt with a, a financial advisor. So I got the mortgage in place. And then the financial advisor recommended all these different protection plans. There was like 
life insurance, critical illness cover, income protection, and the premiums for it were heaps. Now, for me, I, I was on a, a really low wage and I couldn't afford it. So yeah, it was great. And, and what they recommended was, I'm sure, excellent. And it covered me for everything. And it, they were like, Look, you need to take this, you need to take that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds okay. I'll go for that. But see, see, probably within six months, I probably cancelled most of the policies because I thought, ah, oh, this is just too much. So I think, yeah, it's great to have all these covers in place if, for example, you're moving house. But a, a good financial advisor, what they'll also do is make sure that things are affordable for you. And that's the same, whether it's like paying in a pension or like if you're investing money, where a good financial advisor should be taking a lot more into account. And I know when I used to give advice to, to people, um, when I was a financial advisor, I, I could often relate to my own experiences to, to say, look, what did I learn? I mean, the, the first time I took out a mortgage job, it was a horrendous experience. I, I spent the day going up and down Union Street in Aberdeen <laughs> in about five or six different banks, building societies, um, mortgage shop type places. And oh man, everybody was telling me different things. <laughs> Some folk were like, go for an endowment mortgage, go for a repayment mortgage, fixed rate mortgage, variable rate mortgage. Oh man, I was taught headed with it all. And it, it, I think that helped me in my career because I, I thought, right, that experience wasn't a very good one. So for me, it's trying to keep things simple. And that's where financial advisors come in. They, they do all the legwork. So they basically try and make things as easy for you as they can. Uh, we always do this bit as well, Phil. Um, you find inspiration through various people that you admire uh, from all walks of life. And you love a quote. I know that. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode? Seven things you didn't know a financial advisor could do for you. I put here, that this is a quote from somebody called John L. Beckley, and it's, most people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. And I think a lot of this is like financial planning. It's like getting plans in place, and whether it be a plan to buy a house, a plan to retire, a plan to leave your wealth to your children, it is, it's all about planning. And I think the, the earlier that people plan, the, the better things tend to, to go. Even this morning, I, I planned, I wrote in my diary yesterday, 6am, swimming, and I did it. <laughs> and I've got it in my diary every day this week. So I, I think like when you've got a plan in place, same as well, I was like, right, I'm doing 50 lengths. I was like, that's my plan, that's my target. And when you've got these targets and goals and plans, it, it kind of makes it easier to get there, but it, it's definitely good to have a plan in place. Absolutely. Okay, so to summarise on this episode, seven things you didn't know a financial advisor could do for you. Not so much the takeaway points, but I guess uh, if in doubt, always ask and you'd be surprised at just how much assistance a financial advisor can provide. It's true, it's true that we can buy so many things on online ourselves these days. I mean, eating book flights, holidays, pizzas, fridge freezers, without having to go through a middleman. But I think when it comes to something as important as our finances, it definitely pays to go to an expert. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please feel free. Uh, and the same goes for that um, What I Have and Where It Is pamphlet that you were talking about earlier as well. That email address will work just as well for that. Um, we'll give you those details in a second. If you're sending in a question, we can ask anonymously if you wish. 
just make it known to us in advance. Let's get on to this week's questions. Like I say, contact details coming up. The first is from Alison in Glenrothes. Now, she's been on furlough, like a lot of folk, uh, from her employer. But unlike a lot of people, uh, she's been offered another job out of the blue. Now, she wants to know, does furlough prevent her from being able to accept the offer? Uh, And two, should she accept the offer? Guaranteed work against the loyalty uh, to her current employer who... Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think he's under any obligation to take her back, are they? So, what are Alison's uh, options, I, Phil? I, I know with, with the furlough scheme. I mean, she if if she's had another job offer, she can accept that. There's there's no problem with that. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure how it works with, with notice period for your existing employer. I, I guess that that's where it's maybe worth checking with like maybe an HR department or try to find out if you still need to give them notice. Because I'll be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure on that myself. I guess it's trying to weigh up. It's like, do you take the job or what do you think the prospects are with your existing employer? Do you think that they will take you back? How How's things looking for them? It is, it's like, there's probably a few things to, to try and weigh up there. Um, I can see why somebody would maybe look to, to kind of jump ship at the minute as well if they were being offered something else. So um, it is, it's, I guess at the end of the day, she could, she's the best one to, to kind of, to try and decide, trust your gut. That, that's what I often kind of would do in that situation. Just think, right, what do I think? And, um, but be, being able to accept another job offer is, is something that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can't accept it. It's just up to, I guess, your morality and working out your, your loyalty to your I know. And I've, I've had, I, I've had a, a guy once that worked for us and he, he didn't give us any notice. He basically waited till payday and then he's like, right, I'm leaving and wait to set up a moan. I'm like, oh, oh man, it's like, cheers. And it, 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 it wasn't good because he then left on, on kind of bad terms, really. And it yeah. just, I don't know, sometimes it's a, a right way to, to do things. And I, I know if it was me and I was leaving a job, I, I would always give somebody plenty of notice. That, yeah. That's one thing I, I would do myself. But yeah, I, I would say to her, trust your gut, go with that, and, and hopefully everything will work out okay. Go with your conscience, Alison. Um, next <laughs> up is, is this one from Jim in Old Meldrum. Jim's self-employed. Uh, he's asking about um, income protection insurance, he thinks, and whether there's an insurance product on the market, which he could switch to, that will guarantee him receiving a wage if, for instance, he can't work because of a, a potential second wave of coronavirus, let's say, yeah. meaning that he can't access customers' properties. What, what you'll find, income protection will cover you for things like back problems, if you're off with stress, maybe if you break your leg and you kind of drive and work, that, that's the type of thing that income protection will pay. Now, if somebody, the, the other thing that would pay as well is if somebody caught, let's say, coronavirus and that caused them to be off, it would pay out on that. But if, for example, you kind of get to people's houses because there's another lockdown, that sort of thing wouldn't be covered by an income protection policy. Now, you may be able to get like commercial insurances for for your business. I know I, I'm involved with a, a sports centre and they, they're they making a claim at the minute where they're trying to get um, their insurance to pay out because they were closed for a spell. So you do get like insurances that do cover that type of thing. But what you'll probably find at the minute is because of the, the virus, a lot, if somebody's taken out a new policy, the likelihood is that the, the insurers would probably exclude that. Um, and what you might find, if they did cover it, the premiums will probably be extortionate. Yeah, 
Yeah, and there, I seem to remember. Um, I think Aberdeen Football Club caught into some sort of. That's uh, right. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't that long ago. Were the 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 insurer that they had said that they wouldn't pay out on on coronavirus, stopping the club from earning. Yeah. Um, so it yeah it's it's an interesting one, and certainly going forward, everybody's going to write that out, aren't they? They're going to write out I the know. idea of pandemics. Yeah, um, that's where you you get like commercial insurance brokers, and again, I, I've I've got contacts. At various firms, if if anybody did need put in touch with like a specialist for that, that that I could point them in the right direction. But as I'd imagine, a lot of the companies now they'll be really tightening up their wording on the policies, and and also if they did cover, for example, coronavirus, I'd imagine the, the premiums would be real hefty. Yeah, um, I would say before you get in touch with the question, there is a chance that we might have covered. Uh, what you're looking at in depth in a previous episode. There's a real vault of knowledge to be explored in our previous episodes. Full details where you can find those in just a moment. I'm Joe Mellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online and on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn as well. Or of course, you can email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. Phil could be answering that in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we will not use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, and then you'll get us every week with the info you want exactly when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.